Artrice and my relationship with her have showed me to raise my own standards with diabetes and to understand that this is me and this comes with me. And so I can no longer think of it as a burden to others or think of it as something that I have to hide. Her diabetes is not something that should bother me as her friend because she's dealing with other things that I may not even know about because of her diabetes. The least I can do is be supportive and try to understand it to make her life a little bit easier as her friend. Oh, hi. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Walt Drennan, and you're listening to Ask Me About My Type 1, the Q&A podcast all about type 1 diabetes. Hello again, type 1s and nuns. Now, we're three weeks into National Diabetes Awareness Month 2020, and I'm not sure if anyone else has noticed, but I've had absolutely no type 9 guests on this entire month, which, for Ask Me About My Type 1, is extremely off-brand, considering that was literally the entire premise behind the whole podcast in the first place. So, this week, it's going to be about the nuns, because, like I've been saying this whole time, they really should be in on the conversation, too. And to help show exactly why that is, I have on friend of the show and returning Type 1 guest, Antoinette, founder and CEO of the Diabati organization, along with her Type Nun friend, who also works with Antoinette as the marketing coordinator for Diabati, Artrice. I really can't describe this conversation in any other way than that it was just absolutely delightful, because these two are probably the greatest friends that have ever existed. But on top of that, I think it's a really great example of how type nuns can be there for the type 1s in their lives, even if they can't fully understand type 1 the way we do. And that's it for the intro this week, because this conversation was really that good, and I don't want to give anything away. So, without any further ado, here's the episode. All right, hello. Antoinette, welcome back. You've been on the show before. Really glad to have you back for a full episode to hear all about what you've been doing since we last spoke. And then, welcome to Artrice our type none guest for the day. So let's start with introductions, like we always do. So Antoinette, we heard your story back a few months ago, but tell it again. Tell us about what you're doing, where you're at in life, what you've been getting up to since our last episode, and a little bit about your diagnosis story. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Antoinette Watkins, the founder of the Diabetes Organization. This is an organization that works and focuses mainly on women and children with type 1 diabetes. Uh, we work to expand representation and promote health amongst the diabetic community, along with helping women with diabetes really own the fact that they're diabetic, but also express and show all the aspects of themselves, including their diabetes, and really just not being an organization that takes over the fact that they have diabetes and really markets that, but really markets the fact that they do many other things in addition to their disease, in addition to managing their autoimmune disease. My type one story and my diagnosis is, is quite uh, the odd one because um, I was never really hospitalized for type one diabetes. Ada ha had a full course meal at Chick-fil-A, great milkshake beforehand, um, ended up going to the doctor for a checkup with my dad, found out my blood sugar was like above 800 and had to go to the hospital the next day. I actually got to go home. And then the next day after that, I was in New York managing my diabetes and moving along with my life as it was 
learning my new responsibility. And that's kind of really with how I've lived with diabetes since. I just take care of diabetes and then manage whatever else is in my life in addition to it and have never let it stop me from whatever it is that I choose to do. Yeah. And you mentioned that last time. And it's really impressive that you were able to go home so quickly, um, especially with an 800 blood sugar. So I'm really excited to get back into diabetes and what you've been able to do since we last spoke. So that's really exciting. And we have a, like a member of your diabetes team on with us today. So Artrice, tell us about yourself, what you're doing in life. And then also, hey, you know, Antoinette, and then how you got to know Antoinette's type one, or if you can remember that first moment when you realized, oh, Antoinette deals with this thing that I'm not really familiar with. Yeah, so I, a little bit about Artrice is just that I am, I go to Florida International University, I study public relations, and I was a part of our Black Student Union. I'm currently the president, but at the time I was the director of marketing and promotions, and Antoinette was a part of my committee. So in that sense, it was like, you know, she was my, she was my committee member, but we're all the same age, we're all in college, so it didn't really, you know, that wasn't really a thing, but she was a part of my committee and we i remember as a as a committee member i wasn't really talking to her like on a personal basis it was more so like about bsu and just like this is what we have to do for our committee these are our jobs our responsibilities all of that and we have mutual friends and they i remember calling them one day and i was like hey where are you guys and they were like oh we're we're at antoinette's apartment and i was like who's that um <laughs> And they were like, it's what she's committee. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, okay, well, I'll come over. Literally, that was it. I didn't ask so that if I could come over. I was just like, I'm going to come over. So went over and that's sort of how we became closer friends. I think it wasn't until maybe a month later after that, that I knew that she had type one. I mean, yeah, type one diabetes. I have family members that have diabetes, but it's always been type two. So it's never been, I've never experienced type one diabetes. I've never experienced what that is, what that dynamic is like. I've only experienced it in the type two sense. But like I said, that's always been family members. And usually it's always been family members that are older than me, like significantly older. And so it was just sort of, for my family, it was just sort of something that, okay, this is what we deal with as our family members get older. I had never experienced someone with diabetes at this young of an age. And so I think my first conversation with Antoinette was just sort of like, okay, so I became hyper just aware of everything. And I was like, what are you eating? Is your blood sugar at this level? Like sort of being the, the quote unquote mom, trying to make sure everything is good. And once I realized that it wasn't, she has diabetes, but diabetes does not dictate what she does in her life. Like she said, she manages her diabetes first and then everything else comes second nature. At the time, I didn't know that. And so I was just more so concerned about like, you can't like not saying you can't do this, but like, we have to take care of this first. Like what's what's going on? Like educate me. I'm somebody that literally wanted to learn. Like I was just, and before she even knew, I was like doing research on type one, because like I said, I've only known about type two. So I was doing research on my own just to make sure if anything happened while she was with me, I could provide hopefully the best semi-care, <laughs> considering that I'm not a medical professional or anything like that. And that's just sort of how our dynamic works. You know, we, and with her organization, I, I whenever she needs anything for diabetes, I'm like, let's do it. Um, 
I'm usually not the the person like I don't have a nonprofit organization. So a lot of the things that she brings to me are completely new. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. If I can't do it, I always tell her I have somebody that can do it for her. So I try to connect her with people. I try to make sure that she has all of the resources that she needs to do well, because I see how well she manages her diabetes. And I know it's because of the experience that she had through the diabetic camps and just her parents being very supportive and people around her understanding her condition. And I know that some kids don't get that opportunity. And so if she has an organization that provides those opportunities, as a friend, I want to be able to help her and see her soar with not just her own organization, but just her as an individual. And I realize a lot of that is connected to her diabetic organization. So that's a little bit of our story. I think I summed up everything, Antoinette. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess maybe just a little bit deeper into that. Did you have any questions or was it, did you just kind of watch Antoinette and how she managed her condition? How was that dynamic? How did you, I know you said you did some like Google research and like internet research, but how did your interaction with Antoinette and how she actually manages it like on a day to day did, how did that go about? Because from what I remember, Antoinette, like, so for example, I was never very open about my type one. I always kept it very hidden from everybody around me. So I would never check myself in front of people. I would never give injections. Like that was just something I did in my room in college, especially. But Antoinette is not like that. She's very, it's not like she's very showy about it, but like, you know, she does it when she needs to. It doesn't matter where you are kind of thing. So what was that like? Do you, if you can remember that? So I think the first thing I want to know is like, once again, I had, I, I know what diabetes is, right? I'm not the, I'm not the non-diabetic that doesn't know anything. Like I said, but the only experience that I've had previously was from older family members. So when she pulled out a needle to give herself an injection, like that didn't scare me. I wasn't like, I could put two and two together. Oh, that's, you know, her insulin, or this is what she's taking for diabetes. Like it didn't, my questions weren't necessarily about the process. It was just more so how are you managing it? So I do remember, I think asking her, like, you know, what is your normal level? Like, if we go out to eat, what should your level be at before we eat? And then once we leave, what should your level be at? If you have, she has Antoinette help me here. I don't know the name of your device that you use. Yes. And I know she has an app on her phone that tells her, you know, when it, if it's below or high. And so I'm like, okay, if, if this starts going off in the middle of the night, what do I do? And we actually had that incident where I spent the night at her house and it just started beeping. And I woke up and I was like, what, what's going on? She's like, I just have to go check my blood sugar. I was like, okay, well, can you tell me what to do? Like, you know, I didn't want to feel inadequate just sitting there watching because I didn't know, but it was just more so about her day-to-day management and understanding, okay, this is what you do. If in the case that she is unable to do this, this is now my responsibility and making sure that she not only, you know, gets her insulin or gets the care that she needs, but I can be the best non-diabetic friend to her in the case that I don't under fully understand something. So it was just more so about her management, understanding what she uses, what she doesn't use. I know we've had just a lot of conversations about health. That's literally sort of I wouldn't say that's like the main thing in our relationship, but we definitely are on each other about our health. So we, we always exercise. We were exercise buddies when we were both in Miami. So we were always on each other about like, did you go to the gym today? What did you eat today? Her and I are super, super busy. And I don't say that lightly because people will be like, oh, you guys are busy. Yeah, whatever. No, we're actually like, we, 
Antoinette is probably on more meetings by 11 a.m. than most people are. And I, I, once again, I do not say that lightly. So it's always making sure that even in the time of craziness that she's taking care of herself, like I'll call her and be like, what is your level at today? You know, where, how are we feeling? Do you feel lightheaded? Like what, what's going on? Because I, I know that she's, you know, superwoman. She does all these other things, but I want to make sure that this is part of your life. So I want to make sure that you manage this and not just manage it because you have to, but manage it so that you can be superwoman in the best possible way. I'm not superwoman to me. Quite <laughs> frankly, honest, I'm just a regular person who really tries to manage my diabetes. But thank you. <laughs> and you bring up a, a really good point. Type one and type two, while they're very similar, they're also very different. And right. the new, it's like the the devil's in the details. It's like very nuanced. It's like type one. Again, I've never had type two, so I can't really talk about that. But I do know that type one is, you know, there's a lot more. I don't even if it's more, it's just like, it's just a different approach to it. And it is something that having a, like a base knowledge of type two can give you those like that, like foot in the door kind of thing. But then, then watching Antoinette and how she manages it gives you a completely different perspective on it. Um, and it sounds like you picked yeah. it up pretty well. Antoinette, do you remember those, the, that, those first, I guess, few months maybe of getting to know and was Artrice's approach to your type one different from anybody else? Because it sounds very like you two are very close and involved, especially in the health category. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had friends that were that interested in my numbers. Again, I was never very interested in sharing <laughs> my numbers with them. But like, did you notice anything particular about Artrice's approach to your type one? I will say before Antona answers that, I'm also the friend that like, I will take her phone and look at her level because sometimes she she'll be like, I'm fine. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope, let me check. And so not to say any other non-diabetic friend out there like is not doing their best job. I'm just nosy. And so because I'm nosy, I really want to make sure that she's taking care of herself. Like Antoinette knows, like, if I don't feel like she's telling me the full truth, which is very, very rare. She's not like, she never hides anything from me. But if I feel like she's, you know, downplaying something, I'll take her phone and call her parents. And so that's like, she just knows it's easier for her to just tell me what's actually happening and then explain it to me. So that way I don't overreact. So yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> I think. My relationship with Artrice and the other few people that I interact with in Miami, my, these are really a good group of friends, I will say, that um, I've been blessed with. And I'm so grateful for it because they all really do take responsibility and making sure that I'm okay um, in their own individual ways. And Artrice definitely is one of those people who really pays attention to not only the aspects of me managing diabetes and making sure my levels are okay, but also the mental side of me managing diabetes and how I feel about managing it and how it could be bothering me or, you know, just really managing my life in addition to diabetes. She really focuses on that. And so I think a lot of people, especially people who are not diabetic, don't take into consideration the type of weight that diabetics hold when trying to do everything that non-diabetics are doing in addition to what we're doing. And I think Artrice really, 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 really focuses on that middle mental part um, that a lot of people don't acknowledge. And she really tries to make sure that there's a bridge that helps, that's a, a, a well-built bridge that crosses over into both worlds because I'm in a diabetic world and I'm in a normal world and I'm trying to run a race in both. And she really just makes that a little bit easier. So Moving, because now, for, for since I didn't say before, I'm, I live in Richmond now, 
um, working on a project for my school as an exchange student to um, basically evaluate the nutrition and dietetics program for my school at another university. That's my major. And so not having them here is a completely different experience because I don't have those friends in person to like take my phone or like look at my sugars or like ask to see my blood sugars anymore. But the fact I can tell that they're really good friends because Artrice, like I've, I've had, I had a conversation with her last week and we just had like a good long hour conversation, you know, just checking in on each other, asking each other how we're doing, what's going on with life and her asking about my diabetes and my organization. It's just always consistent. And I think anyone who is diabetic deserves a, that type of friend. Um, and I really hope for every person to get to experience that type of friend because it's quite amazing to have Artrice like just be willingly and want to to know about diabetes because I think a lot of us sometimes you don't want to overbear your friends with diabetes and be that aggravating person so I was like well my diabetes this my diabetes that but with them and with our tree specifically it's like it's 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 no big deal it's like okay well you told us this now let's hear more like I don't know if you can relate but sometimes when my Dexcom goes off I'll yell at my phone and I'm like just I'm like just shut up like I just give myself insulin chill out leave me alone and Artrice would be like, well, I think it's trying to help you. Like, it's like, why are you? I'm trying to be sensible. <laughs> and so it's been quite amazing to have, to really have her as my friend. And the relationship has definitely been a huge source of success to my overall health in college uh, with type 1 diabetes. That's, I mean, thank you for saying that answer that. But I will say that the way I look, I try not to look at the fact that she has diabetes as like, this is this added thing that she now has to deal with because this is just a part of who she is. I think of it the same way as like somebody looking at me for the first time and they're like, the first thing you see about me is that I'm black and that I'm a female. And so it's that's just who I am. Her diabetes is just a part of who she is. So I don't see it as like an added task of checking her Dexacon or checking her levels. I see it as like, this is what you get when you are in a friendship with Antoinette it's nothing that is bad it is nothing that is negative it is nothing that's a nuisance it is something that this is what she if you're a good friend I would just assume that you know if your friend goes through a heartbreak you would be there in the best possible way to just be a friend and be there to help them and uplift them in the best possible way her diabetes is not something that should bother me as her friend because she's dealing with other things that I may not even know about because of her diabetes. The least I can do is be supportive and try to understand it to make her life a little bit easier as her friend. Yeah, you guys touched on a a lot of different things that I think are important for type nuns to understand. There is a heaviness with type one and it can be overwhelming and sometimes unbearable just because especially for a lot of us I feel like we don't necessarily have friends like our trees that are willing to go that extra mile because like you said the burden of it all we're very aware of the burden that type one is like it's it's frustrating it's annoying it's very confusing at times and we understand how burdensome that can be and we don't want to put that on other people so I think that that idea of being a burden is very apparent in like type one minds. And then it's hard for us to feel, or at least for me, it's always been really hard to understand another person wanting to take that on willingly. So I try to keep it to myself as much as I can, but it is nice to have those people that are willing to take on that. Again, I say burden, but it, you know, just take on or acknowledge the fact that you do have type one and it does affect you in different ways, in ways that we don't always understand, but we can kind of get through or help us get through those things. And so I liked how you said, whenever she says, oh, I'm fine. 
that's like the key it's i don't think it's unique to type ones it's unique it's something that all people with chronic illnesses say oh i'm fine it's a very easy word to say even though and whenever we say that it you automatically know that we're not fine so that's funny that you catch that and call her out on it because again it's something that sometimes we are unwilling to be helped and when we really need it so that's great that you have that and that friendship is very important it sounds like Antoinette said something I think every type one deserves at some point in their life now we've talked about your super best friend relationship let's go on to diabati so Artrice is yeah exactly Artrice is wearing one of the diabati shirts yeah. at the moment <laughs> Artrice could you explain your involvement in that and like how that started because again like you said you're in PR and marketing like that's what you want to do with your life and this is probably a really great opportunity to do that just like on the side but like, how do you do that for an organization that is trying to, I guess, address a need that you don't necessarily understand fully because you don't have type one? Talk a little bit about that. I remember the first time I think Antoinette mentioned Diabati to me was she was she was asked to do a presentation at another university and she was putting together the presentation and she had finally put it together and was like, OK, you guys, I want you all to sit down. I'm going to present it to you like I'm here. And my, the very first thing that I did, and she didn't, she didn't even know until later, I immediately started recording her presentation just so she could hear herself. And that's just my mind as a communications major. That's just the way that I work. So I wanted to record it so that she knew exactly what she was saying and how she was saying it. But in the recording, I was like, the recording was a voice recording. So it wasn't like watching her actually move across the room. But I was specifically trying to understand what she was saying, because I think the key element is that although I don't have type 1 diabetes, there are some things that she might deal with that I can relate to that are completely different aspects of my life because I don't have type 1 diabetes. So although she might feel like you said, type 1 diabetics might feel like it is a burden. There are other things in my life that I feel like are a burden and I don't necessarily want to share with my friends or sometimes even family members because I'm just like, they don't have to deal with this, Artrice does. So when I was helping her with diabati, I was trying to understand how it fit into her life because literally her story is who diabati is and how it became. And so because I'm invested in her as a friend, naturally I'm invested in diabati. So I was like, you know, helping her probably more than she wanted me to at first, like coming up with different ways of, okay, this is what you should say you know, when you're presenting in front of students. And this is what you should say if you're presenting in front of a school board. These are the people you need contact um, with, or these are the people you should sit down and have interviews with just to pick their brains a little bit. Reach out to other people that have diabetes and see how they want to do it. Like, and now just to see, literally, it's probably almost been a year, maybe a little bit less than a year, but to see where we were in her room at that time with diabetes and to see where it is now, like, less than a year's time like do you remember that do you like it's it's really crazy so we're laughing because we we've actually seen the growth and (laughs) it's just I mean I could offer my services as a PR consultant whatever but I do it because I see how much it can change other people's lives and so my involvement with Diabati is not just the help with marketing and help with PR and help with whatever else because I'm, you know, that's what I do. It's because I see just how much her her organization can give to the world 
And so even though I don't relate to a type one diabetic story, and so marketing may be a little bit of a struggle if I don't have a, like a direct correlation with it, it's a lot, surprisingly, it's a lot easier because I know how much it could help and change somebody else's life that does have type one diabetes. So it's a lot easier for me to say, this is the organization you need to be involved with. This is why you should donate money. You know, talking to other donors to be like, hey, get involved with Antoinette and her organization, talking to other people that have type one diabetes, reach out to Antoinette to see if she has diabetic that you could go to reaching out to parents that have kids with type one diabetes, like to make sure you understand the resources that are available, because I realize sometimes it's just not even knowing that it's there. And so it is hard to market sometimes because I don't fully understand all of the nuances that type one diabetics deal with, but it's a lot easier because I see the good in what it what it provides for other people. And so because that connection, like as long as that connection is there for me, I can sell anything to anybody, to be quite honest. Like if I feel a personal connection to it, if I feel like this genuinely, like if I can put my name behind something, that's saying a lot. And so I put my name behind Diabati, you know, outside of Antoinette's name, <laughs> behind Antoinette's name and a host of other people that she has on her team. I'm more than happy and willing to put my name behind it and help her in any way. Yeah. Being able to recognize the connections that we do have. So again, type one is very unique and our experience is very different from, you know, someone that doesn't have it, but you can make those connections like, you know, going to camp, feeling like you're around people that get what you go, you're going through. That's, those are connections or experiences that everybody has, no matter what condition you have or don't have. And that is really, it's great to hear that you can, you found those or understood that you needed to find those in order to be able to kind of like really sell in quotes um the idea of diabetes yeah. and because basically that's what you're doing you're trying to convince people to help diabetes because it is a great cause and it's a great organization that is doing something good for people that need it i think at least i'm a huge proponent of going to camp i mostly because i never did as a kid and i think had i gone to camp it would have really helped me come into my type one a little bit faster maybe a little bit more fully my relationship with it now is fine, I guess, but I think it could have been improved had I gone to camp or understood what camp could have given me. So yeah. So Antoinette, what was that like bringing our trees on and trying to explain, I guess, this, again, this experience that not a whole lot of people get because they just don't have it? <laughs> I definitely could say, um, to put it in aspects where maybe everyone could basically understand, but like being friends with our trees is like, Dating is like going into a good relationship after a terrible one. Um, you know, and you just date just one person that just wasn't meant for you. And then you finally come across the person that gives you everything you need and more and really raises the standard. Um, that's definitely my relationship with Artrice. And she has really raised the standards for my friendship with people in general. I mean, even my old, not my old friends, because they're still my friends, but my friends that I've met in high school and older times who still also help me with diabetes now, they even step up more to like reach her level and are more active in trying to help me with my diabetes or trying to just basically just be aware with what's going on. So definitely, I just definitely hope and wish for that for every diabetic to have that. And Diabetes always growing and, and trying to really defy the odds of diabetic organizations because we really do recognize that a lot of organizations work on fundraising and trying to end T1D and um, really just focus on making sure that all kids 
and um, people with type 1 diabetes are healthy, but we really want to work on these missing pieces that people don't talk about. And so, you know, in the midst of COVID, we're working on things to um, come out with as COVID comes to an end to where we can connect women and kids with type 1 diabetes with someone else who may not have diabetes or may who, who may have diabetes that can really just be that bridge between both lives that we constantly have to live. Um, and I really think I really came to that understanding through my friendship with our trees. It definitely has changed my entire perspective on how I interact with other individuals who don't have type 1 diabetes. Because really, I think as diabetics, we don't really recognize the type of strength it takes to deal with our disease, especially because it can look so normal and you can act like so normal with it. It's crazy. It's, it's both amazing and terrifying at the same time how you can really just act like a normal human being and no one know that you're dealing with something that is unpredictable. Even with medication, it's unpredictable on how you manage it. Um, so you're never going to get it perfect. It's never a disease where it's like you can stay consistent with it. It's never consistent. And so Artrice and my relationship with her have showed me to raise my own standards with diabetes and to understand that this is me and this comes with me. And so I can no longer think of it as a burden to others or think of it as something that I have to hide. And that's also something that I also got from going to diabetes camp where you can't even expect for other individuals to take interest in your diabetes if you do not express that you have it. Um, and so that's definitely another reason why Diabetes as an organization is really, really, really want to send kids to camp because that is so important for them to not fear expressing their autoimmune disease because that is who they are. That is a part of who they are and you don't want to hide that. It's so critical to make sure that others know that your friends know the people that are supposed to love you know i think also antoinette and i challenge each other to the best way so one of the things that she challenges me on is making sure that whether she does it intentionally or not is to understand her diabetes but i also i think challenge her to make sure that she thinks outside of the box of what diabetes means to her just naturally like she's had diabetes since she was you know 15, I believe. No, 16? Six. six. Never mind. I'm completely off. I'm so sorry. It was your 15th anniversary, right? Yes, I had my yes. 15th year anniversary. Numbers <laughs> getting mixed up. Sorry. But um, but even just her thinking outside of the box of what diabetes has meant to her thus far, that's the way that I challenge her. And so I think our relationship has been pulling each other up while also pushing each other further to like go beyond what you know and what is normal and what is what makes sense or what you've done has worked so well before go beyond that like find new ways find new avenues to to express how your diabetes affects you mentally how it how it affects you physically how it affects your family your friends like we've experienced all of those dynamics literally within our our time as a friendship but even just me understanding her diabetes with our friendship as well yeah i think you two hit on a really great point is that type nuns, while they don't understand what we go through specifically, they can still help us even understand our own type one better. Because I've at least I've found on the show, the more type nuns we have on, the more questions they ask, 
it kind of helps me recontextualize my own type one and explain it to them better so that, you know, in the future I can explain it to other people better. And I think you also both have recognized the importance of bringing type nuns into the conversation so that they can help us in ways that we couldn't help ourselves. So like Artrice, you're into marketing and PR and you understand how to relate an idea to people that they may not understand fully because they don't have ex that experience because you yourself don't have that experience but you've been able to find a way in your head to make it make sense and i think we need that because at the end of the day there are just more type nuns than there are type ones there's 1.6 million of us in the country and you know that's 375 million more people that just don't get what we go through and the more of them that we can get on our side to help us in, you know, a nonprofit setting like yours or even just kind of like in the medical setting or the technology setting, that there are different ways that they can help us that we don't understand yet. And the more that we bring them in and the more that we can help them understand it, I think the better off everybody can be. And again, it makes it so that we have just fuller and more, I guess, whole relationships because, again, our trees understand understanding Antoinette's type one, it sounds like it's helped Antoinette in her type one, too which is another kind of like it's a it's an effect that you don't really think about and probably wouldn't have understood had it not happened but it sounds like a really great relationship all around not just because of diabetes and i also think that i outside of just asking like the the regular questions to Antoinette of like you know what's your regular level what do you eat that's at your regular level all of those things but i was also just concerned about you know what do you on the days where you feel like you can't reach out to me as a friend, what does that feel like? Because I understand that she's not around me all of the time. Even when we were, you know, in Miami, like we, I spent an entire week in Antoinette's apartment for, for our spring break week. And Antoinette left for maybe three days, I think, two or three days. <laughs> yeah. She went back home and I was still in her apartment. And so <laughs> she came back home and was like, you're still here <laughs> type of thing. But even in those moments where like she is on the road by herself, you know, what where you feel like you don't have anybody to reach out to, because I think we all have those experiences. That's when I'm concerned the most, because I already understand that you have feelings as a human being. You have feelings as a woman. You have feelings as a black woman. What does how does diabetes like what do you feel when diabetes is now something that you have to feel? on a day-to-day -day basis that I may not be able to understand. So a lot of my questions were just making sure that she was recognized as a fully realized human being, because I think sometimes just, and correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, but I think sometimes in people with chronic illnesses or just disabilities in general, people tend to separate them from the rest of the world as if they're not still a human being. And so my biggest goal, my biggest thing that I could ever offer outside of a friendship to Antoinette is making sure that I realize her as a fully realized human being that this is, you know, her quirks. I say that, you know, lightly, but the things that make her laugh, the way she smiles, the, the clothes she decides to wear, like her personality, that's, that's an encompassing of, of who she is as a fully realized human being. And her diabetes is just a part of that. And I know that a lot of times for people that don't have the same chronic illness or don't have that same disability, they don't understand it. Like, I, for whatever reason, it seems foreign to understand that this is still a person <laughs> for some people. And so my biggest thing has just been like, what do you as a human being go through that I may not understand? You know, just having those conversations, not even bringing up diabetes, but just having the conversations of if what you ate today didn't make you feel good, why? You know, if if you listen to a song that was on the radio and you it 
you know, put you in a further bad mood. Why? You know, what happened, what happens in those moments when our trees isn't there? And what is the best thing that I could possibly offer to you as a friend and somebody that's invested in your future and invested in who you are as a person? What is something that I can do to make that a little bit easier for you? <laughs> I would say, honestly, to be quite frankly honest, I think you you do everything that's needed in that area for support in diabetes. You definitely check in a lot, which is really goes a long way. I think a lot of people don't realize until it happens to them how much checking in with someone is just helpful. But really for diabetics, I think a lot of us like see we see so many posts of check on your, your friends for their mental health and check on their on their friends to see if they're, you know, feeling okay. But you know, you don't see a lot of posts of People saying like check on your diabetic friends and see how their management is deteriorating their mental health, or like see how their management is affecting how their their physical health. And I think you really hone in on that, and so that's helpful enough for me. That's all I could ever ask for. To me, that's like you saying that's like you coming up to me and saying I love you for me, like to say I. To say how are how's your diabetes like is your diabetes okay how is this insulin affecting you simple questions like that is enough for me to know that you care and to know that I have your support and opens that door that I think a lot a lot of diabetics don't feel comfortable walking through which is going to someone saying hey I really just don't feel good right now like diabetes I want to throw it away right now and I feel comfortable coming to you and saying that if I ever felt that way um when I do feel that way so I think I- you do. Great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I would say you taught me well, <laughs> but I, I do have a question. So because I, in my head, I'm like, you know, sort of going through my checkbox of like, not just checking in with you, but what is something that I probably missed by, you know, our first couple of months sort of getting to know each other? Because I mean, there, there was probably something that I missed, but, you know, just trying to hit all of the I guess the aspects that you would initially think of when you meet somebody that has a chronic illness, I know there has to be something else that I probably miss or that I may not just have fully understood. So what is either something that I missed or what do you think is something that I, I guess, didn't fully understand the magnitude in which it does affect your everyday life when it comes to your diabetes? I think I could say you didn't necessarily miss it. But a lot of people, when they first meet someone that has a disease that they don't understand, they become over alert. And so I think you understood the magnitude, but then you like took it into a perspective of, oh, I have to be over them all the time. And so then over time, of course, you eased back and then understood how I manage it on my own and how, yes, this is an extremely serious disease, but I don't have to tend to it in the same way that I may tend to another disease that's depicted with more serious hands-on care. So it wasn't that you missed it it, it, because you definitely understand it now. It was just like the understanding of not needing to ask me what I have, what I, can I eat this? Or, you know, not needing to ask me every couple hours, are you okay? Like (laughs) stuff like that. But I don't think you really missed anything. I think that's just something that's natural going into anything that you don't understand. 
Okay. And I do, I do have another question because obviously you were with your family when you found out that you had type one diabetes. So what was like, I know that you're open to me about it and I'm your friend, but as at a very young age, what was your thought process behind having to tell your friends that you now have a chronic illness that you were so young, just trying to fully wrap your head around it? I think I want to say I didn't actually become hesitant to tell people that I was type 1 diabetic until I was a preteen or teenager. Because thankfully so. I, as soon as I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I went to New York for that summer. And then this, as soon as I came home from New York, right before I went back to school, I went straight to diabetes camp. So that was like the, I went to the last session of diabetes camp, um, I think at the end of July, right before I went back to school. And so I kind of went into school knowing that I have to tell people that I have type 1 diabetes and make it known and pretty much went in there, not owning that I had type 1 diabetes yet, but really just going in there and understanding that I needed to make sure that people knew that I was type 1 diabetic in case I needed to ever be assisted to save my life, essentially. So I never really had a hesitant experience until I was a, a preteen. And then when I was a preteen around you know that age of 13, 12, 13, where you're starting to notice for real that you're different from other people. That's when that's when the thought goes through my head where I'm like, okay, well, do I really want to tell them? Like, will this change how my relationship is with them? Or then I started thinking, now you can see people staring at your Dexcom site or your pump and you're like, okay, well, do they not want to be friends with me now because I may look like I'm crippled or disabled? That's the type of stuff that really went through my head from the age of 12, almost all the way until I turned 19. So really just right before I brought out Diabati, where I just really sometimes I would just be like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to tell them yet because I don't want them treat me differently because I am type 1 diabetic. Even on job applications where they're like, please mark here if you have a disability. And I'm like, no, no, might not answer that one. Because, you know, then I have to have the thought go through my head where it's like, okay, well, what if they don't hire me because I'm type 1 diabetic and they don't want to hire someone that may have issues. They don't want to deal with that extra issue. Those are the type of things that go through my head. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I was diagnosed at 12, so like right at that age when kids are trying to figure themselves out and trying to pull away from things that make them different or make them weird or make them the kind of kid that other people don't want to be around. And I kind of like Antoinette, I was reluctant to tell people about it because I didn't want to be the weird kid that had to take shots all the time. Or at least I didn't want people to know that about me. So it was difficult, and I it, it was something that followed me all the way through college. Like, I didn't tell people that I had it in college because of kind of like what you were saying, Ertrice, before, is that when people understand, I guess, I don't know if it's an American thing or maybe just a Western culture thing, but like illness is not something that you want to be associated with. When people understand that you are sick, you try to separate that. So like, your illness is over here, you're over here. And that's not the case, especially with illnesses like type 1 because it is such a management-oriented condition, you have to be on top of it all the time, and it does affect your day-to-day -day life. So like you were saying, how you ask uh, Antoinette, like, how did your day go? Like, how did your diabetes affect this thing in your day or this thing in your day? It's not that type 1 is just this, this uh, separate thing that hangs out in the background. It affects everything you do, and it's something that I think I wish at least our, like, the medical profession would teach people more, is that it's a part of you. It's not your entire part doesn't define you by any means. It's not the whole part of you, but it is something that affects you. And I think if type nuns or just people in general had an understanding of that, they would be more sympathetic, more empathetic. I think over the past summer, this past year, ableism has been kind of like a big 
word in the news, especially because of COVID and how people are disregarding people with chronic illnesses like us because it's like, oh, if, well, if they get, if they get COVID and die, it's because they had that pre-existing condition. It was kind of on them. And that's very, and that's the word I learned this year, ableist talk, because it separates people that don't have conditions from people that do. And it's like, if they have a condition, they're on their own. And again, I think it falls back on this idea that illness is weakness. Illness is not something that you want to have associated with you. So if you do have that, it's probably best to hide it, or at least that's the image that people are putting out there. So yeah, and again, it's really great that Artrice is seeing through that and taking in Antoinette as the full person that she is. She is a person with type 1, but type 1 has also helped her do, I think, really great things. And I, honestly, it's helped me do great things too. So it's kind of hard for me to try to separate it from myself because, yeah, type 1 sucks, but like it's also helped me do like really cool things that I'm really proud of. So like, how do you reconcile that with someone that doesn't understand that and probably thinks illnesses is something that you don't want to talk about? And that's crazy you bring up the fact of I never, and I don't know why, but I never thought of you know, during COVID, you heard people, I'm, I'm saying during COVID as if like, we're not still going through that. But, we're still in the middle of it, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you heard people talk about people with underlying or pre-diagnosed conditions. But for me, I always thought of the extreme of like, okay, if they've had cancer before, or if they've, you know, had surgeries that then caused them to have a different condition now after the surgery. I never assumed, I never put diabetes in that same category. With that of, you know, and it's crazy to me to think that people would assume that you now have this condition or you've had this pre-diagnosed condition and now you've caught COVID, God forbid something happens to you, you know, that was your condition. So of course, you know, that lended its hand. I think that's so crazy, but I think it also, it just lets me know that I have to, it's honestly, and I don't say this to try to be like, the, the perfect person, but I say this because I think it's very, very real and I've experienced it in other forms, obviously not in the diabetic form, but I think that's now my obligation to make sure that people understand the bias that people associate with that because that they associate with type one diabetes because I've experienced bias as a black person. I've experienced bias as a woman. And so now, you know, I always say that this world was not meant for me. Like this world was not built on the basis of let's make sure our trees can succeed. I'm now understanding that for Antoinette, this world was not built for the basis of let's make sure she succeeds. And on top of that, she now has a chronic illness, you know? So I have to do, I have to do more than just my part to make sure that people around her and correct me if I'm wrong, Antoinette, kind of guarded with her. I don't, <laughs> um, I guess territorial would, probably be the word um <laughs> but territory has such a negative context to it but i'm definitely the person that is not shielding her from the world but i understand how cruel and hurtful people can be i think most people understand that she probably understands it way more than me because she's dealt with this chronic illness but i try to make sure that people understand the biases that they have and if i introduce somebody that's in my life or that's in my circle to people that have these biases, you know, that's something that could set me off. So I try to make sure that, um, like I said, not that she shielded from the world, because you guys know Antoinette, like Antoinette is just an amazing human being all the way around. She, she can talk to anybody, be friends with anybody, but um, making sure that people that, you know, that she might be having conversations with, like talking to school boards about her organization or talking to possible donors to get people 
to sign up kids for diabetic camps, making sure that they understand their biases before they have those conversations with her. Because a lot of the times it's just educating people. Sometimes people choose to not be educated and that sucks. But a lot of the times it's making sure they at least have the information. So know what you're walking into when you walk into a meeting with Antoinette. Know what you're walking into when you decide to donate money to Diabati. Like understanding all of these pieces, I think is a very key important part to how Diabati does well as an organization, but also just making sure that people realize who Antoinette is. Like she has diabetes, but diabetes is not the only thing that she has to offer to this entire world. Yeah, exactly. Antoinette, do you have anything to add? No, I'm I'm very grateful for this entire uh, conversation, actually. It's very uplifting and very grateful to have a friend like you, Idris, six and that again and, and, and to Walt. Like, so I'm so amazed at this idea that you have to do a type none versus type ones conversation so that we really can get the understanding and see the amazement from the type none side. Um, because I think that can really push us to be better and to really own our disease and, and, and like you said, take the aspects of it that make us proud. You said it, you mentioned it earlier, type one is hard and it is very difficult, but it's a difficulty that we just assume all the time. And we, we've gotten used to, so used to it that it doesn't seem that, or it still seems hard, but it's not something that we acknowledge. And so that we don't like, we don't pat ourselves on the back for it all the time because we have to do it every day for the rest of our lives. So it's not something that we're going to congratulate ourselves for doing every day. But if type nuns understood that they could do that for us, they could like, remind us of how honestly i say this oddly because i'm talking talking about myself like how awesome we are all the time and it, it, i mean no I, seriously no you shouldn't say that but like, yeah right but antoinette when you talk say that about yourself doesn't it seem kind of weird or it feels weird right. i think we're reluctant to acknowledge the, the great things that we do in addition to having type one or in addition to managing type one so it is i think it is important for like everybody involved to have those type none perspectives like part of the conversation because we do need i think we do need to be reminded that what we do is really hard and it is really amazing that we've done this for you for 15 years me for 20 years i know people that have done it for 57 years and keeping yourself alive for 57 years is a feat you know like that's that literally deserves a medal and i think and they give them out yeah exactly (laughs) that's what it does a great job at always acknowledging like she sent me a text the other day, uh, yesterday, and I was like, I'm just super proud of you. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm not dealing with a chronic illness. Like you, you know, you are going through things that I could never even possibly imagine on good and bad days. You know, the the least I can do is say like, hey, like if, if Antoinette is matching every single thing that I'm doing and then some, which she does on a consistent basis, it's like, you you're the one that deserves the medal you're the one that literally deserves to be like do you guys see what type 1 diabetics are doing and i don't say that lightly like i i know that people are probably going to listen to this and then be like artrice is talking like this because this is her friend but no seriously like i i genuinely don't think there is another group of humans um that can do what you all do and like like you said make it seem easy You know, a lot of people look at different positions that people hold as CEOs and presidents or whatever. And they're like, you guys do that job so well. But yet people fail to recognize 
what you all have to do behind closed doors. And so then that becomes even more of a like, this is why they deserve that recognition. This is why they deserve everything that's coming to them good. Like, this is why they deserve it because they're dealing with something that most people don't have to deal with. And not even that they just don't have to deal with. Some people aren't, some people are still very much clueless about that type one diabetes is a real thing. And so the least that non-diabetics can do is at least acknowledge the fact that these people are working their behinds off to make it look easy so that it's not a burden, quote unquote, burden to other people that they are in communication with, to other people that they work with. Like, I don't have to think about that when I wake up, but yet that's the first thing you all have to think about. So the least I can do is make sure that however you interact with me is a little bit easier to manage your diabetes. Here, here. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about Diabati too, because I want to hear about what you guys been doing since we last spoke. And then also what's kind of like up in the, what's in the works? Like November's coming up. That's like big diabetes awareness month. And also the, the new year, I guess, sort of, we're not, we're still in COVID. So I know that that's kind of like put a lot of wrenches <laughs> in your, in your operation, but what's been going, ah. what's been going on and what do you guys have planned? Woo! I everything. <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff planned, but for November, we really are working to bring awareness in the areas that you're not aware about. So definitely we'll be talking about diabetes in addition to how we deal with eating disorders, diabetes and fitness. We want to talk about all the aspects of diabetes where this is an additional um, struggle with diabetes. We want to bring awareness to that. And then we do want to bring awareness to the type nuns, like you've been saying, on how they can help in this time. And then also just make it a fun month where we're not only talking about bringing awareness and how diabetic diabetes is just a hard to deal with disease, but we want to also celebrate, you know, us and make our followers and everyone who works with us feel good for managing themselves well during that month. I'm very excited for November and what we have coming with that. And in the next couple of years, what we have coming is, I think we got some great stuff coming in the works and there's really no limits to what Diabetes has to give to the community. And like I said before, I think in the previous podcast is we, we need as much feedback as possible because what our goal really is to just hear what you guys want and, and somehow figure out how to make it happen. Artrice, what's your part in all of this? And what are you most excited about, do you think? Just as she mentioned, there's just so many parallels that we don't recognize. Like, I didn't even, you know, she was my workout buddy when we were in Miami. And when we were working out, like, she was going harder than I was working out. Like, drenching with sweat. And I'm sitting over here mad that I can't do five setups. Like, and she's already done 20. So it's just understanding the parallels of diabetes and health and health in all aspects, like diabetes and fertility, diabetes and getting older, honestly, with type one diabetes, obviously, type two diabetes, like you said, is different. So normally, in my experience, I've experienced people with type two diabetes, and they've been older. But like, what does diabetes look like for Antoinette when she turns 70, you know, and understanding other conditions that could come with that. So it's the research on diabetes part for everybody that's behind the scenes working with Antoinette to make sure that her vision for diabetes remains at the core of what it is. But like she said, 
everybody that gives feedback to Diabati that we can at least offer some sort of semblance of here's the solution to the feedback that you all gave us. I also think that Diabati has some firsts coming up. That's all I'm going to say. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So yes. (laughs) So some firsts coming up. You can take that to mean however you want to anybody listening. Um, But Diabati has some amazing, amazing, amazing things and projects. They're going to be working with people as well. So you will see not just individuals, but other organizations. I'm not giving too much away. Am I, Ansonette? I think. Okay. So, yeah. So, before, so yesterday I actually spoke with Lexi, but she mentioned that you guys are going to be doing like a collaboration at the end of November. So, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but you can. I definitely, I actually have a meeting with Lexi this week. So, so Lexi, if you hear this, shout out to you. Absolutely love uh, working with you um, and what we have to come. But I definitely want to get her on to talk about that during the um, month of Diabetes Awareness Month um, to definitely give preventative um, advice, especially for, you know, because Lexi is, if, if I'm not mistaken, she's like in her, like, mid late 20s and i'm in the the beginning of my 20s and so for her to come open and talk about pcos i was like oh my god like i didn't know that how much insulin i take can affect me having children in the future i mean even though i'm nowhere near thinking about having children right now it still boggles in my mind that i'm like like dang like i have diabetes already i have to manage it and now i gotta worry about how i manage it so that i can have you know, the enjoyable things of having children in a, in, a, in a great family in the future, like, geez, but it's going to be good to have her on and talk about that and do a live and do a video on how we can prevent that or where we should go if we find out that we do have PCOS. I definitely want Diabati to have an outlet for that for um, the women. Yeah, so sorry, so kind of interrupted you, Artrice, but you were getting into how type nuns can be advocates. Because again, November Diabetes Awareness Month, it tends to focus on the condition. So like it's a big fundraising month for a lot of the organizations. Like, you know, we got to get a cure. So like, you know, give us money. But again, kind of like how you guys are saying, we live with this. We have it now. Like, how do I live with this now? So like, how can or how have you or how do you hope to kind of encourage type nuns to advocate for the type ones or the diabetics in their life? I once again, just going back to, I think the first thing is really just Google is free. (laughs) Okay. Like I do believe that you have to, you can't, you know, those that are not willing, they're never going to, but those that are willing. And if you're really trying to better understand how you can support the people in your life with type one diabetes, Google is free. (laughs) So let me start there. But then secondly, ask your friends, Ask the people around you that have type 1 diabetes. I don't know all of the answers. I don't have all of the solutions because I'm not dealing with it directly. So a lot of my conversations with Antoinette were really just what, like, what is it? You know, what what happens on a day-to-day basis? Going back to my original statement of just understanding who she is as a person and how does diabetes affect who she is as an everyday person? You know, how does it affect when she tries to study for an exam? How does it affect when she's, you know, going to meetings and her blood sugar might not necessarily be in the in the range that she wants it to be, or it might be a little bit lower. 
how does that affect if she's traveling for long periods of time? I mean, I stay in um, Tallahassee, Florida, and she visited me over the summer from South Florida. And I'm like, uh, that drive is very, very long. Like, how does that affect? So just asking the questions, you, I don't believe there is a dumb question that you could ask. It's definitely in how you ask it, because obviously some people can be very disrespectful. They say it in a rude way, but um, do it with do it with the same amount of care that you would have a family member if they had this illness. You know, I try not to, I try not to, you know, like I said, separate who she is as a person from her illness, but try to understand how they live cohesively together in the same person. And then also just understanding like she can still do the things that we want to do to go out and have fun. She wants to like, we do brunch all of the time. We do all of these things. Like we want to go shopping. We want to go to the movies. We want to, obviously in COVID, this has changed everything. So scratch everything I just said, but be safe, wear your mask. But outside of that, it's definitely, she still does everything else. And so what, what are some ways that small things of just making sure that she checks her level before we go eat? And then knowing that she's good with whatever she eats, like I'm not sitting over here watching, like you can't eat this. You can't have that. If anything, she probably done that with me because we were supposed to be on diets and I wasn't abiding by those diets, but um, <laughs> not dieting, but eating healthier, <laughs> eating healthier. So it's just, it's small things like that. Educating yourself, making sure that you're the best possible person around the person that has diabetes in your life, whether they're a friend, a family member, and then also making sure that other people are aware of their biases towards people with chronic illnesses. So once again, Antoinette and I are Black females. And so we already biases if we walk into a store and people feel like we're not supposed to be there. Right. We've had looks before. We've had, I've had people actually tell me like, you need to leave. So those experiences are different. The same thing happens when people realize that she now has a chronic illness that she has to deal with. And so people are like, well, we don't want to mess up our event or whatever it is because, you know, Antoinette has type one diabetes. That's insane to me. So understanding those biases, educating those other people, whether they're ignorant, whether they want to learn or not, like, I'm not going to, she's my friend. I'm not going to sit here and allow someone to disrespect her because of an illness that she has and that she manages very, very well. And that she could probably run laps around these other people that are complaining about her illness. You know what I mean? So that's my job as her friend. If I ever fall on that, then I'm not being a true friend and advocate for the people that have one type one diabetes, then I shouldn't be her friend, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I think those are the things that, type nuns should be focused on and just be open to the process like you're going to learn so much about your friend and whoever in your life has type 1 diabetes that you may not have known before because you never asked so simply just asking those questions like I said in a respectful way but just asking those questions and having conversations like it doesn't have to be so taboo it's not you know it's not a hush word when you get around people oh my gosh you know they have type 1 diabetes like okay She's still out here, like, you know, she's still out here doing her thing. Like, she's still out here, once again, running laps around people that are judging her based off of the illness. Like, but if you have that illness, you might not be able to do half of what she's doing. So respect, like, respect you guys. Like, put some respect on y'all's illness, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is true. The 
conversations around illnesses or, or medical uh, subjects, not just type one, are very uncomfortable for people, especially if they don't have what you're talking about. You d they don't want to offend you. They don't want to feel ignorant or be ignorant. But like ignorant, again, it's kind of a, a fraught word. It's people, I think, are more offended by it than they should be. Like if you're ignorant of something, it just means you don't know. Like that's fine. Exactly. You can be ignorant of things, but being willfully ignorant is when that turns bad. So like being unwilling to learn about your friend's type one or there any other chronic illness is kind of it's on you, not on them. And I also think for type nuns, it's also the time that you guys, as people that have type one diabetes, you are always advocating for your diabetes. You know, you are always there are things that you all know that type nuns will never, ever know. Right. But I think that for specifically for November, I think type nuns, this is our chance to be able to advocate for you guys in ways that you may not have been able to see before. So if anything, the people that should be calling these other scientists and organizations about donating money towards a cure, towards better research, this is the month that type nuns should be doing that. You all, the least you all can do for type nuns I'm speaking to, the least you all can do is make those calls on behalf of your friends, family members that have type one diabetes because they've already made these calls. I can only imagine the conversations you all have had with other medical professionals, other organizations, you know, all of these things. The least I can do is now advocate on your behalf for something that you have to deal with every single day. I could think about it for 30 days for the month of November. Like it, that's the least I can do. Yeah. And then there's 370 million of you. So exactly. Like imagine if we all took a five minute call with the organization to get money to donate like that's all it takes that's literally all it takes no that's great that's a great outlook i think and something that i think november people around the month of november should you know aspire to getting more people involved as opposed to just talking to the same people over and over again every year and then uh, antoinette how so you know artrice is your is a type nun here on the conversation but how many other type nuns are in the diabetes organization or help you out with it it's about Six people who aren't diabetic, and then two of us who are type 1 diabetic. Keisha Mofford, who you guys haven't seen yet, but will be seeing in the month of November. And I'm so excited for you guys to see her. She's from Brooklyn, New York. She's type 1 diabetic, um, and I believe she's been type 1 diabetic since she was in high school. She's amazing. She actually takes, she's taken over the Instagram. She's running that right now. She's made all the graphics. She is type 1 yeah, she's bomb. She she is really like like she really tries to take in every understanding that you could possibly have with diabetes. Like, I'll come to her with an idea, and she's like, "Oh, hey, this is good." But then let's also think about this this um, perspective of type one diabetes and how other diabetics may feel about this post. And she kind of just flips it around so that all of our posts and everything that we do as the organization can really fit every single type of diabetic that there is. Because like you said before, Walt, that type one diabetes is so unique and no uh, one person's management is the same. And so I really think Keisha understands that. So I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. She She's like my right-hand man in all of this. And then I have my six other young ladies who are doing amazing things in the background, working to understand Mostly. I think a lot of them are trying to catch up with Artrice <laughs> because she's really worked hard on understanding. But yeah, for that, I want to say for Diabetes, it's really me and Keisha that run most of it. But I have, 
I don't have an exact team, but I have several different individuals who are type nines that I'm working with who are so eager to learn the disease that are going to bring out all the things that we plan to bring out in the future that I hope that the diabetic community loves. And then through working with the type nuns in your group, have you found like different ways of communicating your own experience? Like, has it kind of taught you anything about what you go through? Kind of like how we were saying type nuns can help us understand things or realize things that we do that we didn't even, you know, get because again, we do it every day. Has working so closely with type nuns around your type one, has it like informed it or has it made you a better communicator about it? Like, has it affected you in any way? It has definitely made me stop underestimating the amount of time it takes to understand diabetes. For example, I was talking to a friend of mine who I'm working with on one of our projects yesterday, and she was like, yeah, I was trying to do some research on diabetes and just really get an understanding of it overall. And then she's like, I had to put my phone down. She was like, I understood that this is not something that I can just learn in one day. Like, this is an extraneous study that I have to do and it's going to take hands-on learning and several months and years of research that's now, as we've understood, never ending because new technologies keep coming and we keep running into different obstacles. And so, yeah, that's really what I've understood from building new relationships with others and working with type nuns is that I can't also think that I'm going to be able to sit down and tell them, hey, I have type 1 diabetes and these are my guidelines and this is how diabetes is because it's it's too much it's so much in this one disease and there's so many people that have it that it cannot be understood in just one singular way yes that's what i love to hear again there's about 1.6 million of us and then there's 1.6 million ways to type one it is a very bio individual condition again you know we all go through the same highs like highs lows you know uh rage bolusing all that stuff but again it affects us in different ways and i think that's great to understand. And just remember, like, you know, we aren't alone in this and there are people out there that understand it. So yeah, thank you. Those are all my questions. I don't know, Artrice, do you have any other questions or anything else either of you would like to say? I think my biggest thing, or the biggest misconception that I will say for people that are type nuns is that, like Antoine had mentioned, you cannot learn about something that you don't have in one day. Um, and even more so, like you said, it's a very individualized experience. So the best way I could explain that to somebody that still doesn't understand that is that if you are not Black, you will never understand what being Black is like in America. If you are not Asian, you will never understand what it's like to be Asian in America. So I think that understanding that you may not understand what they go through, right? But at least taking the time to to empathize with them. I, I don't say sympathize because it's not something that's sad, but empathizing with that their struggle is going to be a little bit extra tough than what you may know or what you may accept it as your own because you don't have it, you're not dealing with it. So just just take those moments. And once again, I think the biggest thing is like, because I've seen it firsthand with Antoinette, it's like, Understand that they are human beings. You all are humans. You are not some science project. Like, you know, you're you're fully realized human beings. You have thoughts, you have feelings, you have emotions, you have personalities. I know it's hard to imagine for some people, but it's very, very true. But accept that and move forward in a way to be 
to be effective. If you're not going to, you know, you could sit about here and talk about the problems all day, but if you're not offering any type of actionable solution to those problems, then you're still a part of the problem because you're just complaining about it and not helping or stopping anybody else from, from causing problems as well. So do your job, be active. If somebody in your family has type one diabetes and you don't understand yet you see somebody else treat them differently because of their type one diabetes, you would feel some type of way. So this is the time for you to be able to say, you know, I'm going to stick up for my friend. I'm going to be here for them. I'm going to support them in any way that I can. If I don't understand it all in one day, at least accept the fact that I'm trying. I tell, I tell Antoinette all the time, I don't, I will never be able to understand your experience, but I can at least help you in making sure that your experience is a little bit better. I can at least help those around me to understand your experience a little bit better. And then if somebody else around her says something that I don't like, then I very much, I become a different person that I <laughs> prefer people not to see because I care about my people. Once again, I think that some people may call it territorial, but I just call it love and um, caring for those that, that I really care for. And I want to say this before we end, Antoinette has put so much time, energy, effort, resources, anything that you could possibly think of, she has poured into Diabati. So anybody that is still on the fence about what Diabati is, I'm telling you right now, I don't put my name behind a lot of things because I don't trust a lot of people. I trust Antoinette with what she's done with this organization, what she will continue to do with this organization, the people that she has on her team, the people that she's going to be collaborating with, with Diabati, like this organization has so much love and care and just good things coming from it, that if you are still interested in learning about diabetes, this is the organization that you can learn it from. And then also Antoinette is just an amazing person all the way around. She tells me all the time that she loves me and she's proud of me, but I'm telling her here because I'm truly, 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 truly proud of every single thing that she does. Like she does not understand how much she motivates me to, to be better and be just as the best to my ability as I can possibly be. Cause I'm not dealing with a chronic illness. She is. So the fact that she is doing everything that I'm doing and then some like props to you. I'm super, super proud of you. Don't stop because there are so many kids that need to learn from you. And I'm just super proud of everything that you've done thus far. And I really, really love you. So I wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. Antoinette, what are your final thoughts before we go? I think she pretty much cleared the table. I, 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 um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to have this talk to allow me to hear the feedback from, from my type nun friend who I love dearly and who for you, Walt, for once again, just giving this opportunity. I don't think you even yourself understand the magnitude of this actual conversation. Seriously, so, thank you. <laughs> and so yeah. like, it's amazing that you have this idea. It's it's going to do so many great things. I hope every, I hope people listen to every single type none, type one conversation that you have because it's important for this conversation to have and it's important and it's great that you're opening the floor for, for um, diabetics to be asked questions, to be congratulated, like you said, because we don't congratulate ourselves enough. So thank you to you for providing this opportunity. Thank you to Artrice for being my lovely, dearing friend that I could never 
be more grateful for. It was it was very, 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 very exciting. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be able to speak on this podcast. Yes. Thank you. Where can we find Diabati? What are all your socials? And where can we get the shirt that Artrice is wearing right now? Yes. You can find all of our all of our Instagram, social media, Facebook, website. Our handle is pretty much the same. Our website is diabati.org. Our Instagram is diabati.org. Our Facebook is diabati.org. Our LinkedIn is diabati.org. Everything is diabati.org. D-I-A-B-A-D-D-I-E. It puts the diabetes in baddie. Make sure that you know that when you come to our website because that is what we are working to make sure we put out there that these are baddies, but we also have type 1 diabetes and we also deal with these other things in addition to our disease. And we also work on building that confidence from the beginning, which is the camps. We raise money for these camps so that these kids can go to diabetes camp and they can really start owning themselves. We want to make sure that you are confident from start to finish with this disease. If we find a cure, if we don't find a cure, whatever, we're not looking to find a cure, even though we want one. We're not looking to find new technologies. We're just an organization trying to expand representation. We're trying to promote health. We are trying to build confidence. That's all we're doing. Thank you both so much for coming on. This was a very, I think, motivational episode. So thank you both. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And that's the episode. Now, originally, the idea behind this episode was to showcase the potential of bringing more type nuns into the quote-unquote type 1 conversation. Because like I said, there are just more of them than us. I mean, the more help we can get solving the big type 1 problems of the world, the better. Whether the people coming up with those solutions have type 1 or not. But that's only on the larger community level. What I wasn't expecting to see was how positive and beneficial the type 1, type none relationship could be on the individual and more personal level. Because I think it is true. We as people living with type 1, day in and day out, can be guilty of not giving ourselves enough credit for all the things that we do on top of managing a chronic lifelong illness like type 1. It's important to let the type nuns in our lives give us that outside perspective, which I think can lead to even greater understanding of ourselves, type 1 and all. It's also just really nice to be seen. And I mean that in the Avatar way, not the early 2000s fashion statement way. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen to this from. Follow the Ask Me About My Type 1 Instagram page where you can get updates on episodes and check out the official Ask Me About My Type 1 merch store. You can also share on social media when you listen to the podcast or send your favorite episodes to friends, family, or just about anyone you think needs to learn a little bit more about what living with type 1 is actually like. All these things really do help the podcast get noticed and heard so that more type ones and nuns like you can join in on the conversation. Till next week. Bye. <laughs>